AEW announced their world title eliminatory tournament last week. Powerhouse Hobbs, Preston Vance, and Dustin Rhodes all made it into the bracket. Miro did not. MJF did not. Chris Jericho did not. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're going to talk about the AEW World Title Eliminator Brackets, but we've also got updates on the G1 Climax, and hey, I'm about to jump on the Jericho cruise. Travis Severance is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for October 19th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. Well, Travis, it's triple whammy week, so uh, get ready to sail away. So many whammies are coming. Yep. Uh, my first cruise, so why not do it with a wrestling ring and be on brand? Uh, wrestling ring, music stage, comedy, we've got podcasts, we've got Kurt Angle, we've got Dan Housen, we've got Will Ospreay, we've got Chris Jericho, Fozzie, and Infinite more. so yes. Yeah, we won't see a b- bunch of those guys won't be wrestling, but... Uh... But we'll, we'll get see. To, we'll get to walk up and see if Osprey. If I run into Osprey at the buffet line, you're going to wrestle him. It's on. Okay. Os cutter through the shrimp cocktail. Are you going to be wearing a replica belt to defend? Because he might he might take you up if you have a belt that he could win. Oh God! I'd have if to there's get nothing, you know, I'd have nothing. to get the the male butterfly belt to be able to do it properly. So I'm not, I'm not a belt collector. Maybe uh, if I had timed this better, I could have had John DeConi send me something in the mail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm not a, a replica belt guy, sadly. Yeah. John DeConi has that uh, winged Eagle Bret Hart signed belt that, you know, I'm sure Osprey would fight good. for that. You'd probably give that a whirl. You know what? Maybe I'll find somebody in the queue line as we're getting into the port to try to take on. Cause there's definitely going to be some folks that are lugging That's belts true. around. That's I know true. that's going to be the case. So somebody will have to defend. Yes. Yes. And uh, I've been working on my roll up. So I feel Good. like I O'Connor roll on any one of those guys in line. If you're wearing a belt around, just expect to get rolled up. I think I can either roll up or DQ anybody based on my raw watching for the last year <laughs> to get a victory or a loss at any given time. Well, we're going to talk about Shayna Baszler toward the back end of the show. Poor gal. Um, <laughs> all right let's let's kick things off um we'll probably get back s- circle back to the cruise at some point but uh that is happening this week so fans are getting ready to uh to jump on the boat and miss bound for glory and miss uh rampage dynamite smackdown and all the uh stuff that's happening the g1 finals uh in favor of getting on the boat but the one thing that we do now aw announced their world title eliminator uh tournament that is going to conclude at full gear Last year, this was the tournament that Kenny Omega won that propelled him into Winter is Coming, where he defeated Jon Moxley for the World Championship. Um, This year, uh, Kenny Omega will be defending his World Championship against the guy he beat in the World Title Eliminator Finals at Full Gear last year, Hangman Page. So uh, let's take a look at who could be going up against Page or Omega in the uh in the following months and probably december time frame so we have a we have a bracket they put it out last week uh some surprises uh i mentioned in the intro preston vance is in here powerhouse hobbs is in here dustin rhodes is in here um i think also surprising uh, i mean it's 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 good booking and that's why people like cm punk and miro and mjf and chris jericho aren't in here but um certainly didn't get like the eight top top guys 
it was four top, I think four or five top guys and then some filler. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I think getting out around one other than the Kingston Archer match, I think anybody that's paid attention could probably pick that. Not to say that we won't get any swerves, but if we go off of the last eliminator tournament, Coming out of the first round, we didn't see anything strange, although we did have the Phoenix injury and we had the Joe Janela substitution with Sonny Kiss. So those were unexpected, but I don't believe either of those were going to win. And then AEW smartly circled back to both of those things and had Kenny Omega wrestle and beat both of those competitors. Um, so they kind of use, you know, all the parts of the Buffalo, so to speak. Um, this is interesting. I, I, I'm, I mean, I think this is probably going to end up being, you know, Moxley Danielson for this for the yeah. finals on this thing. Um, I guess it could be Cassidy Danielson, but yeah, it looks yeah, certainly when you look at the brackets on the left hand side, you've got Preston Vance versus John Moxley. So you assume Moxley advances. You have Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs had the match against CM Punk, but he really hasn't done much, so you assume Cassidy going forward. So you got Cassidy versus Moxley in the semis. On the other side of the bracket, you have Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danielson. I'm sure this will be one of the best Dustin Rhodes matches we're going to see uh, this decade, but Brian Danielson will win that match. And then you have Eddie Kingston and Archer. That's going to be a good match too. I don't know how that's going to turn out. It could be either guy, but the, I, I project that that person, Kingston or Archer, is going to lose to Danielson anyway. So um, it looks like you have Danielson versus either Moxley or Cassidy. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to to bring it another direction. I'll be curious if we see when they come out with the Owen Cup, A, if it's a larger bracket, and B, I bet people will fight to get into that. I don't I don't know as we'll have a whole ton of filler outside of people that are already stuck Stuck is not the optimal word, but people that are in feuds in the middle going into that. Um, it would be interesting if they did sort of, they don't have to do it the G1 Climax style, but it would be really neat if they used the Owen Cup to sort of start their season off. Sure. Because you, you get feuds that kind of get built in through the brackets and stuff like that. Going back to the Cassidy Moxley thing, I think I think we see Cassidy Moxley against each other as sort of the, you know, Jeff Johnson had talked about where are we going with that feud and yada, yada, yada. I don't think it's going to be a long feud. I think it's going to, that that match is going to be, okay, you beat on Wheeler Yuta. Perfect. Now we're going to go into a match and we'll, we'll figure this out. He didn't beat on Wheeler Yuta for that long. I think he only took 46 seconds or something. Yeah, it was a pretty quick one, but I, I just, I don't see a Jericho. series of Orange Cassidy versus Moxley matches like we saw with Jericho. Like their programs are very, very different. Um, just doesn't feel like it's going to be a thing that we're going to see. Um, this is an interesting way to, to put Archer and Kingston together. Um, so it was a match that we probably wouldn't normally see. The same thing with Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danielson. It gives you the ability to, to have matches that you want to see that you probably storyline isn't easy to put together. Yeah, at this I didn't point, know I wanted that match until I saw it on the bracket. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, so it allows them to to take some of those matches that they wouldn't normally do. And if you're in a bracket, the story doesn't matter. Like the story will happen inside of the ring, and the bracket's the reason why we're wrestling. I will say also, I think they've been they've been storing Preston Vance for this opportunity, right? Like, I don't think Preston Vance is beating Moxley in the opening round, 
but I think they've been putting him off the side. They've been giving him wins. When they do like a six-man tag or an eight-man tag, he usually wins it with the full Nelson or a Spinebuster or something. So they've kind of been building him up on the side and getting him some experience, and now they're going to throw them in there with Moxley. And I don't project this one will be 46 seconds. I think that Moxley and Vance might have a good match, and it might be sort of the career match for Vance up to this point. So Vance is super interesting. I mean, the first time I saw him, he was essentially Pharaoh's handler. Sure. Um, he was he was kind of the dog handler. He was Vanilla Vance, like the January 1st show that I saw at uh, Jacksonville. He was the person that came out to be Sean Spears' partner that okay. day as Vanilla Vance. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of grown into this character and stuff like that. He. He's sort of pigeonholed into the the 10 spot. So he's like the large enforcer sort of role for Dark Order. I actually wish they used him a little bit more like that because he's by far the biggest guy that they have when it comes to that kind of thing. But like Mike and stuff like that, he's not on any of the... I, I think it would do him well if they threw him on like a Sammy vlog or if they put him on something. Like give me some more personality behind the guy rather than he's a big blonde haired wrestler like his wrestling obviously has come a long way in the last two years um any but chance I'd like to see more like squeak one by moxley you think like Jeez. i mean moxley could lose to anybody on any night and it's not hurt him one darn bit um and if they want to make somebody maybe this is a way to do it it, it doesn't feel like that's what's going to happen but I, I i i don't think so only because i think that anytime there's something weird like that that happens for these guys, it always sparks into some kind of a long-term feud. And I don't, I just don't see Moxley Dark Order being something that's a draw sure. at this point. Now, if we wanted to circle all the way around and we were to say that Wyndham Rotundo ended up being the person that takes over Dark Order, that would be a different conversation to me. Sure. Um, but right now, I don't think... There's, there's nobody that's at Moxley's real level that's there for him to compete against. So, like... He just kind of buzzsaws through everybody, and Dark Order kind of goes back to obscurity a little bit. So well, I don't think that's the place where he can go. Here's one thing I think they could have done, a, a tweak to this bracket they could have done that I think would have made it more interesting. What if they switched, just switched Moxley and Hobbs's name? Oh, then sure. you have the Moxley-Cassidy match in the opening round, which we want to see anyway. Uh, and then you have Preston Vance and Will Hobbs. That's a pretty cool match. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Those guys are more even. Mm -hmm. um, and then one of those guys gets a big win in the first round over you know the other one, and they can lose in the second round. Yeah, I mean, I think the only reason why you would stick it this way specifically is because the the seating what's on what's on, at stake is yeah. higher because you're into the second round, right? Yeah, I think I, for the for that reason, I think when they get to the Owen Cup, like you said, I think if you get a big field. And you have some more of those even matches that you'll you'll see some more interesting things play out. Now, AEW doesn't do countouts and disqualifications and crap like that, so they they don't have a, those outs when you get into these big tournaments of ways for uh, a Preston Vance to get by Moxley or to get by even Archer probably. But when you set up a big field in the tournament, if he can get a couple of wins or any anybody Hobbs too, get a couple of wins over other mid Carters start to establish themselves right so let's talk about the missing names right like i mentioned in the opening no mjf no miro no chris jericho uh no, no darby allen sammy guevara jungle boy none of the pillars none of these guys are in here so um 
it's not because they're not like ranked. They're not in the, well, maybe they are, maybe these are the rankings. I didn't check that, but um, so I think it's just, listen, I'll say it, it's good booking because you don't want those guys in here taking L's for no reason. So a hundred, a hundred percent, especially for a company that matches end in pins, right? Somebody's going to lose now. That doesn't mean they're clean pins. Um, and yeah, I think there was exactly. an article, there was an article yesterday or maybe the day before on Sportster where there was some criticism towards the AEW refs. They said, you know, this many years um, gone by, the AEW refs, what are you doing in the ring if you're not DQing people when they're acting outside of the rules and stuff like that? So it was a it was an interesting read to read through that. And it's certainly something that you could say. Now, that's not me taking a shot at the AEW ref staff. I think that the staff is good. They're engaging. They're good referees overall. Like all of them have different personalities. They have different things that they that they do really well outside of, you know, I don't know. I think the, the one that runs into the biggest quality control when it comes to when DQ should happen and it doesn't is probably Rick Knox. But then again, he's kind of the tag team guy. So there's the most bodies in the ring when that does happen and stuff like that. And he's he gets very Miami. poor about his timing. He was the only only ref or only person in Miami that wasn't over. <laughs> like it was funny when uh, at the end of the night, Cody's like, uh, you know, he like refers to somebody and, and the crowd pops and he's like, you know, you guys make it really tough. You cheer for everybody. It's hard to tell who's over, who's over in Miami, everybody. But I will tell you, Rick's, Rick Knox got booed heavily <laughs> in Miami. Uh, Cause you know, Justin Roberts, he like says, Oh, Rick Knox is back out here during commercials. And, the fans just crapped all over him. Yeah. So yeah. That, well, he earned some of it. His timing's oh, yeah. not great when it comes to those things. You know, <laughs> he has so. to pretend that he didn't see what he clearly saw. <laughs> right. So I guess we're looking at Moxley Danielson in the finals. And, you know, I will say this. I think that I still think they should have gone to uh, Danielson Omega. They set up, they set the table for the title match and then, they're not they're not giving it to us and Danielson has to go through this tournament. I don't think he needs to go through the tournament. He took the world champion to the to a time limit draw in a non-title bout. I think they that in itself qualifies him for the championship match. Now we are and staring at a potential title change, and that's gonna make things completely different. I think if you looked at his book of work since that match too, it's been flawless. Like oh Suzuki, Danielson, I, Fish. Danielson, I, I mean it's all good. I, Watching him in WWE, watching him in ROH, great wrestler, phenomenal wrestler. This is otherworldly, this stuff that he's doing. Like, we're not anybody that wants to say anything they want about the AEW product that's coming from the outside, taking a look at it. I, I challenge them to watch those matches, watch what he's put together, watch how he's worked, and, and take a look at it and say that it's not the best run that anybody's had coming into a company with already what's considered a pre-established style and to be able to do his own thing. If you can't see the difference between the AEW product and what their performers are allowed to do versus the WWE product, which is a very much a choreographed dance where they have to do certain high spots and low spots every single match in order to wrestle him having the training wheels off has been just incredible. So yeah, um, he's only had like, I, I maybe only three singles matches, the Kenny Omega singles match, the, Bobby Fish singles match and the Minoru Suzuki uh, singles match, and they have all been great. Well, so I would say maybe the Bobby Fish was only very good. The, the other two were great, 
Um, I mean, but we say that we say that because we we had had the first two, right? So right. like, if they if if you mix those up in any order and you put Bobby Fish first, I bet we'd say the same thing about the Bobby right. Fish one. And that was me after after me kind of criticizing him with the Guevara match, like. And, and I'm you know, positive, uh, like by the way, we watched that live. Mm-hmm. I've heard people that watched it on TV say that it was very good. Okay. We watched it live and we thought it was a bit stale. The crowd yeah. didn't seem to be into it, but people watching it on TV apparently were into it. So, yeah, I think again, to circle back to that real quick, I just think it was, they didn't, they still haven't like the Bobby fish character isn't established. And the Sammy Guevara character is very established and it's Sammy's first title defense. And he's been around since day one. So like, I don't think anybody in the Rochester crowd thought, or the, sorry, in the, oh, yeah. in the, in the Philly crowd thought, Sammy was going to lose that match. And I think that took away from it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little, but, uh, all right. So world title eliminator, Brian Danielson situation aside, I think, I think I've got Danielson pegged to win, but I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if Moxley won, but seems like Danielson's the, the guy I'm going to be picking when it comes time to pick. Um, yeah. Unless and, they're going to, unless they're going to put a hit on him during the match, right? Like, yeah, that, that's possible. Um, by the way, the matches we know so far, uh, Orange Cassidy versus Will Hobbs is on Rampage this Friday. Uh, it was taped on Saturday in Miami. Uh, Kingston versus Archer and Danielson versus Rhodes. Those are both on Dynamite this Saturday. We don't have a, I guess we don't have a slot for the Moxley-Preston Vance match yet. So, um, Also on, on Rampage this week, is Pac versus Andrade 2. Do not miss that match. It is amazing. Britt Baker versus Anna Jay in a grudge match. They're going to announce the TBS tournament brackets. Now, while I was in the stands to see the Rampage matches that are going to air this Friday, they did not show the TBS tournament brackets, so I don't know who's going to be in that, which makes sense. They don't want to break that news to, to you know, 4,000 people in Miami. <laughs> um. Also on Dynamite this weekend, we have Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes 3. And Cody does get his cheers back, so you have to watch Rampage this Friday to figure out how, but he does get his cheers back. Uh, American Top Team is going to make an offer to Sammy Guevara also on Dynamite this week. So there you go. That is, uh, that's probably not going to conclude our AEW talk for the day, but we'll, uh, that's at least in the opening segment. That's the end of our AEW talk, so. Um, let's talk about a little bit bound for glory. Travis, you and I are going to be on the boat. We're going to miss impacts WrestleMania impacts all out or double or nothing or whatever. Um, but impact will have bound for glory live from Vegas, but Al Carl, he will be hosting the bound for glory. Uh, I guess it's not the official pre-show, but it's the essential wrestling podcast special. And it's the pre-show for the pre-show where you can see, uh, who he and John Smith and John DeCani will make their picks for the night. Um, so you can hear all their insights and who they think are going to win the night's matches. Um, none of them are quite as good as me as picking matches, but they are pretty good. So do tune in for that. Uh, main event is going to be Christian Cage defending the Impact World Championship against Josh Alexander. Deanna Perrazzo versus Mickey James for the Knockouts Championship. The Inspiration is going to make their Impact debut challenging for the tag titles against Decay. Macklin versus ELP versus Trey Miguel for the X Division Championship. Violence by Design versus Heath, and Heath hopes Rhino shows up. Call Your Shot Gauntlet, W. Morrissey comes in at 20. Saban is in at number one. 
The digital media championship will be decided. Uh, John Schuyler versus Crazy Steve versus Falaba versus Jordan Grace so far. And we know there's two two more qualifying matches occurring this week. Tennille Dashwood versus Alicia Dash Edwards. Madison Rain versus Chelsea Green. Travis, I would say if Chelsea Green wins the digital media championship, we probably have to think about unification with the internet championship now that Cardona has it back. So I would agree with that. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Stack card, Bound for Glory. Good job. And that's no Good Brothers match yet. They're probably going to announce that on Thursday. So Again, stack card. We don't need the Good Brothers. Go on with yourself, Impact. Don't tell the Good Brothers that. <laughs> I th- I think that that... Uh, there you go. I think the one through 20, uh, the big, uh, my underdog pick for that is definitely Johnny Swinger. Oh, yes. And I would say very underdog. Very underdog. underdog. You don't see it coming. But I think this is uh, congratulations to Josh Alexander. You have earned this title. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I think I I don't often pick against champions anymore. But on this particular night, I will be picking for a title change. We got Canadian versus Canadian too. So, like, they like to, they enjoy rolling the belt over to each other. On that. There you go. There you go. When we get back, I have updates on the head-to-head competition between Rampage and SmackDown as far as the ratings went. We oh, have boy. the G1 Climax we'll get into. Uh, I have an update on Tom Waller, so stick with us. We'll be right back after about a minute break. Controversy. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Friday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Maheffi. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, now directly from F4W Online, here is the scoop on the ratings from last Friday. In the head-to-head 30 minutes on Friday, SmackDown averaged 878,000 viewers on FS1, while Rampage averaged 603,000. But in 18 to 49, head-to-head, Rampage did 383,000 versus 277,000 viewers for CM Punk versus Matt Seidel, while WWE had Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. The other head-to-head quarter was tied 293 each for the Bunny versus Ruby Soho and Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns angle. 
However, that quarter had six commercial minutes on Rampage and none on SmackDown. The actual non-commercial number was about 327 to 293 in favor of Rampage. So SmackDown wins head-to-head overall. AEW wins head-to-head in the 18 to 49, which is the key demographic. So uh, both companies shouting from the rafters that they won. (laughs) So, you know. Um, so there's that. I think the the scary part is if if WWE considers this like a potential win, do we get a third hour of SmackDown? Do we get the this week we're getting Talking Smack on FS1, which I'm fine if they throw Talking Smack on FS1 every week. I don't think that's going to do any damage to AEW. I can't believe that they think it would either. I don't. Um, I I didn't even think this was. I don't. I don't think we were at war, right? It was not competition. I don't know <laughs> why we need to talk. War. Anybody who says there's not a war is not. We don't have to even talk about the numbers, right? We just have billions of dollars and infinite fans, and we're headed to Saudi Arabia, and there's no, they're not even they're not even a real a real show. I, will I mean, say here that. here's the deal: you got Roman Reigns chattering about your product. He's their undefeated guy, their juggernaut, and he wants to talk about the product. There's there's some something's going on. Like we got some issues. And like not for nothing, you got Ruby Soho and the bunny drawing the same numbers as Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns commercial free segment. <laughs> Houston, we got a problem. Like there's <laughs> there's some issues. If you don't think there's some issues, and 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 I'll, I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a quick pin in something that I see a lot of. There's a whole lot of people. Tony. You know what you need to do, and this includes Eric Bischoff, one of my favorites. Tony, you just need to go back to, go back to wrestling. Focus on your product. Do your thing. Stop talking. Wrong. Tony, you know what? You're the guy. You want to talk junk? Talk junk. You know what Vince McMahon's done for decades? Talk junk, and his his record will show it. And for those people that want to say, remember what happened when Eric Bischoff did this? This is a very different situation. You're dealing with. Tony Khan and Chad Khan, who have their own money. This is not AOL Time Warner coming in to take over TNT to cut Eric's budgets, to cancel the show, to ask them to do things that they couldn't possibly do. This is self-made versus corporations and corporate takeovers. So this isn't apples to apples, folks. This is apples to vacuum cleaners, basically. (laughs) I I will say one thing. He can run his mouth. He can talk a little trash, whatever. He does have to watch what he says because things will get construed different ways and wwe will pick them up and spin a narrative for instance this past week tony khan said something along the lines of we have more money than you (laughs) okay guess what now wwe is the victim wwe who should not be the victim should not be the underdog tony khan just made them the underdog because they have now nobody's looking at it that way but that is a narrative that they can spin down the line and God forbid if AEW were to go out of business, then Vince Mc the storyline coming out of WWE will be we have this multi-billionaire coming in with all their money trying to, and we were the underdog and we had to overcome, and that's what we're going to be talking about and what we're going to be hearing for years on years on years. So if WWE is talking about AEW, if WWE is talking about AEW, it's a win. It's a win. If WWE fans are talking about AEW, it's a win. Because well, I agree. I agree with controversy you. creates cash. 
It's just the bottom line. It, the more the more signaling that the WWE people want to do for that product, especially when, God forbid, you get eyeballs on it coming from what we're seeing on the other side. It's going to be hard to yeah, do the, the, good, the other good news here is this little competition that they had apparently created two really good products on Friday night. Sure. I was I was in uh, I was in the stands, so I didn't get to watch SmackDown because I was live for Rampage. But from everybody I hear from, SmackDown was very good that night. So, okay, great. Now we have two good wrestling shows. Please continue to compete. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I would agree with that 100%. I don't know. It'll be interesting if uh, I, I'd, I'd really like to see I'd like to see Dynamite run head-to-head with Raw sometime and see what happens. Yeah. Well, maybe you know, maybe sometime in non non football time, of course. I think but. the difference too is live rampage is obviously much more exciting and more successful than taped rampage. Yes, and I think Bottom that was line. illustrated because this show was up from the week before, which was taped. So, yep, for sure. Um, of course, last week though was way down. So, yeah, I mean, taped is creates not must see, and it's not a good not a good time slot either. So, nope. okay, G one climax. We'll hop the pond. We'll hop the. Uh, we'll we'll jump to the west coast and then hop the Pacific, and we'll end up in Japan. Let's talk about the G1 climax. Kota Ibushi, Miracle Man from Japan, uh, escaped the A block and managed to make his way into the finals. He had he finished with 14 points, beating Kenta on the final night. Kenta finished with 12 points. Shingo Takagi. Had a double countout decision with Yujiro Takahashi, which made him finish in with 13 points, Shingo. Saber lost to Tangaloa, who had 12 points. So, or Saber had 12 points. If Saber had won that match, which he should have won, he would have had 14 points and he would have had a victory over Kota Ibushi. He would have won the block. So Kota Ibushi had uh, must have been praying to the G1 gods because they came through for him. He got through to the finals. Of course, we know it was all scripted this way, so it's kind of tongue-in-cheek here. But um, So Koto Ibushi is in the finals for the third year in a row, and he is going to be facing either Jeff Cobb or... Fourth, Ibushi. isn't it? Isn't it fourth year in a row? That he's in the finals? Did he not? Did he make it to the finals four years ago and not win? I think it's four years in a row. No, he did not in 2018 because he wasn't with the company. Okay. So, But definitely 19, 20, and now 21. Yeah, um, he's a fixture in that spot. So let's see. When is the when is the match? The Okada Cobb match is that is that t- tomorrow? The t- one. It's I Thursday. got it. Might it's, it's Thursday, I think. Yeah, today's the nineteenth. Yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah, it's tomorrow. So tomorrow it's Cobb versus Okada no, in the final match Wednesday. of the B block, and the winner of that will advance. Um, if Cobb wins. If Okada wins, they will be tied as far as points go, but Okada would have the head-to-head victory, so he would advance. If Cobb wins, he will go 9-0 in block competition, and he's the first person to go 8-0 in block competition, so he'd be the first person to go 9-0 and head into the finals. He'd be the first person to head to the finals undefeated, so pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to give that moniker to a non-Japanese wrestler like Cobb. Cobb's on the come, um, and there was some interesting stuff that I read yesterday or the day before about Cobb's contract with them and so on and so forth. So, I mean, they, they are putting a lot behind him, but it's certainly not a question whether or not 
there's a question out there whether or not we'll see him back in AAW, and it seems like things are sort of pointing towards him at least making a splash back there for a little bit. Um, this has been a hell of a run for him. He was my pick. Like, I'm glad that he did what he did, but now with the way this is lining up, this just he's going to get New japan out. Sorry. Like, yeah. we're going to see <laughs> Okada like, versus Ibushi. You picked him, but he's been too dominant for you to be confident. He's been, he's been <laughs> right, exactly. Give him a couple of chinks here at some point in his armor, and then I could feel good about this match. But it, the stars are just, you know, lining up for another Abushi Okada showdown here, which, you know, is it will be a phenomenal match. It doesn't matter who wins to me. Like the storyline's kind of the same. And I guess if I was going to have some criticism about New Japan, like uh, because of the pandemic and the different things that they've had to cancel and move around the storylines don't feel as interesting and I don't feel as engaged. And I think part of that is like, you've got two massive major heels that are stateside. You've got Jay White and Will Ospreay that are not involved in the mix at all, even though they're henchmen, so to speak, um, have certainly the great Ocon improved. Yeah, certainly, certainly established themselves there. So, you know, when the Kingpin comes back home, it'll be good. And I think the opposite for Jay, I think Jay's in, a world of hurt when he gets back to, to new Japan. Um, I do not think he's going to be received well for the bullet club. So it, it will be an interesting, um, it'll be really interesting when they get back to, to having the full roster that's there. Now that said stateside, I think they've done a lot to build that brand and stuff without a doubt. So good move overall. But I think what happened is exactly what we predicted kind of going into this G1. It was a little bit more of a watered down thing without a lot of surprises or new people coming in. So, you know, overall it ran pretty chalky, I guess I would say. Um, this last night. Didn't would, expect Sabre to be in the mix. Sabre, really right. Sabre, Sabre's definitely somebody that didn't. Although I will say, if you look at him historically in the G1, he always finishes with double digit points, yeah. you know, which is hard to do. Um, twelve usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Takaki double countout is very strange to me. I think he would have lost to Naito had they had Naito throughout the entire tournament. And this uh, is how they kind of they, swerve yeah. that in. Yeah, it, it's fine. Just a very weird non-loss for him to take against an opponent that's certainly not. I mean, yeah, they're not going to follow up with this. They're not going to be a, no. a title defense of Takagi versus Yujiro. If they do, it'll be an opening contest. <laughs> an, opening, an opening contest, a quick, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The last dragon and call it a day. Okay, well, that's that's G1, I, I guess. Uh, everything will get interesting once we know who wins, too, because then we'll start lining up this Wrestle Kingdom stuff, which is the yep. three-night event. Presumably, you bring back those guys we were just talking about, Osprey and Jay White, and everybody will be kind of involved. Um, you potentially have a situation where Jay White comes back and you have some action with evil i think that's a long story that they've been building is jay white versus evil osprey comes back hey if if cobb gets through he's going to get a title shot maybe on night one and osprey is going to be running around with that title that his title uh potentially for night three so you, you know you all you could see united empire you know in a match against each other so um i think it's, it's a long shot at this point it's but, a fun fantasy book but yeah, yeah. i don't think we're going to get there right away especially since he's um you know, Osprey's kind of planting the United Empire seeds, sprinkling them around each of these different these different sure. places that he's going, and and hopefully he keeps that up. Um, yeah, it's fun to see. You know, you got TJP in there now, which is a TJP is an excellent uh, junior, and he'll be a great like if they need to 
put some guys together for the Super Junior Tag League. TJP's, you know, oh, so phenomenal person. Phenomenal for that. I'm I'm certainly gonna let Osprey know when I get to see him at my meet and greet that he should continue to establish that United Empire in different places for sure. Sure, sure. He doesn't have a Rochester uh, faction yet. Nope. We're available. There you go. All right. So Tom Lawler, there's a name that pops up in Japan quite a bit. Uh, and he's an MLW staple, at least until yesterday. His contract has expired with MLW, and he has finished up with Major League Wrestling. The news broke yesterday. So uh, I first heard it from Fightful. So Tom Lawler, free agent. Not sure. I mean, he's the, he's a free agent, but he's the strong openweight champion for New Japan. So he's going to be working there some. So we'll see, though. Maybe he'll pop up on some other televised wrestling. If... Uh... If Billy Gorgon didn't ring him immediately, he's insane. Yeah. I think you get him in NWA and he's a force over there. I think he fits really, really well into that style. Um, uh, don't get me wrong. I think anybody, he, he's a, he's a very good asset no matter where he goes. Um, that NWA, having him in the NWA roster would be great because he they has such somebody like him. Yeah. They need somebody like him in the diversity of people that he can wrestle and the style that he wrestles fits into that non high flying stuff that they have going on. And he's decent on the stick too. Sure. So get him in there with Trevor Murdoch. They kind of have that filthy look to themselves and stuff like that. Um, I think he would be a great get and a really good fit for NWA for sure. 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 King. Oh, you know, uh, just pivoting off that ring of honor, pure division as well. Oh, without it, yeah. I mean, I forget about ROH sometimes because it just feels like they're sort of they've floundering they've around. Way, they way really down. need to solidify themselves a little bit and establish themselves again. Um, and I don't know how they do that really. Um, well, start touring, put some fans in the arena. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no. You gotta you gotta build that brand back up. I don't know. It's there was an I was in the shower a couple of days ago. I was going through this interesting thought process in my head and like given all of the history of ROH that all the AEW guys have, there was an interesting thought of, boy, you know, it'd be really interesting if, um, if Tony went in and bought ROH as ROH and they used ROH the way that WWE uses NXT. Um, yeah. It would be That's very funny. different. It would look different. Um, but I think that would be a really uh, curious thing, especially given the amount of people on the roster that just have roots in ROH. Yeah, yeah, there's some there's something to that. You know, it's ROH is one of these ones. Um, you know, both ROH and Access are both or uh, Impact are both owned by, you know, big TV conglomerates. ROH being owned by Sinclair, yep. Impact being owned by Access. So, you know, those those TV networks have basically holding on to them for content. Mm -hmm. um, and with the expectation that wrestling wrestling is getting super hot. Um mm -hmm. So some of these other brands, Impact, ROH, they might get offers, you know, contract uh, television contract offers, uh, because it's a cheaper product. So. Yeah, and I mean, thinking about the way that events kind of accumulated a bunch of the Smoky Mountain media and stuff like that, yeah. and I know that was something that was important to Tony. Him owning the ROH catalog, I think, is a value. Sure. Um, because there's a lot of matches in there where he's got a lot of guys there that they could utilize and stuff like that. So it's a, it was just a, an interesting thought process that I had kind of gone through to look at for opportunities to, to reestablish that, that brand and stuff. And gosh, they'd only have to throw one or two of them in for main events at different pay-per-views or whatever they did. And it would 
blow the roof off the place again and it would be a desirable spot to go and it would get them out of having to do this kind of dark and elevation stuff that they're doing all the time so plus you got you got some brands there too that are valuable like the final final battle name is oh without a doubt valuable. yeah death for before dishonor mm -hmm. um, you know there so there's some there's some name value to some of those things yeah there's some there's some i mean key talent the briscoes uh jonathan grasham's very Grasham, good jay mm -hmm. lethal you know, jay lethal absolutely dragon lee different people like that brody king sure. chris dickinson you know tony deppin you know they got quite a quite yeah, a they're... quite a roster mm -hmm. that's just not seen very much so that's right king of the ring finals are now known it's finn balor versus xavier woods jinder mahal eliminated by woods yesterday and also dewdrop versus zelina vega in the finals of the queen's crown tournament Zelina Vega and Xavier Woods have both put their hands on the crown and scepter. So that's not good luck, guys. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You think Prince is going to become a king? I think it's very curious choices for the final two. And I just don't. It doesn't feel like Woods career, I think. But it, it, yes, this this is probably, and we kind of called it before, this is probably Xavier Woods Lifetime Achievement Award. Here you go. You've had the tag belts a gazillion times or whatever, but this is your one solo thing to yeah. go Here's against the criticism of you haven't won anything. Um, he's the most likable but least interesting New Day character, and I've said that <laughs> since day one, you know. But, like, the other side of that, Dewdrop and Zelina Vega, like, is this going to be a short? Uh we're going to give Zelina something because we've certainly trashed her. I, I don't think that's where it's going. I think this is do drop with the crown. Like, yeah. And I, sorry, Shayna, you've done everything you could do in WWE. Apparently the one problem is that, uh, do drop is, is a raw person and Charlotte is a SmackDown person. And this queen of the ring tournament seems to be just fit for Charlotte to attack the winner. Yeah. Now Charlotte's still the Raw champion, though, so there's that little piece to it. We got wild cards, though. Yeah. Okay. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> we got more important news. Uh, NXT has announced a special guest for Halloween Havoc next week. Yes, a very special guest. Chucky will be there. Chucky oh. from Child's Play movies. You probably remember him. I thought um, we were going to so, get like Mantar, Bastion Booger, T.L. Hopper, yeah, Skinner, or any of those that. things. Chucky. So I believe... I, got now, I haven't heard that this is going to be like the uh, zombie... Uh, what's it called? The lumber lumberjack zombie match but you know chucky will uh, he'll have something to do i guess so so it makes sense like chucky's got a new series on the network and stuff like that sure. so they bring him in to do some collaboration i don't know like does this is this fox going wait a minute you guys said you didn't want to collaborate you didn't want to do a collaboration with our nfl guys like why all of a sudden are you doing it with this little doll horror character but i don't know smart smart booking on this we got a horror show we've got the the horror yeah special that we're doing we're lucky I if that's all we get <laughs> I, i've always thought that like vince always put this on nxt because halloween havoc was such a big pay-per-view for wcw sure. that they didn't want to do it on the main brand because it might get more views than some of his other you know creations less extreme rules extreme rules pay-per-views <laughs> okay i have to pivot to a story now that's that is 
it's it's not it's not going along with the current tempo of the podcast. Here, so <laughs> we have to pivot a little bit. Um, it's sad news. Ace Austin and Gia Miller of Impact Wrestling they lost their home to a fire. Uh, uh, so there's a GoFundMe set up for them. So uh, if you feel inclined, go ahead and, and uh, support them. But uh, very sad news. Ace was my. I'm gonna have to adjust my pick. He's my one that I had for the gauntlet. Then I just pick Ace Austin for any time that there's multiple competitors in a match. That's my strategy on Impact. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, John DeCani called it early this year that it was gonna be the year of Ace Austin, and I, I just thought maybe he was gonna get his world championship win this year. He's already been X Division. Uh, I think he's had the tag titles, but I can't be sure of that as I think about it. But um, he's just had. A, he's lost all the big ones. He's gotten to the dance and then lost him. So. Yeah, he's been bridesmaid a lot. Yeah. Okay, tonight on NXT 2.0, Odyssey Jones versus Andre Chase. The big question here is how many times is Andre Chase going to say the F-bomb during the match? Uh, a member of Toxic Attraction, a member of Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, and a member of Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada will compete in a triple threat match. This is presumably ahead of their triple threat tag team title match on Halloween Havoc. And then Champa and Braun Breaker versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. This is ahead of Champa versus Breaker next week on Halloween Havoc. So there you go. Oh, so wait a minute. It's a tag team match. We have competitors on the same tag team that may not get along during the match, and that will cause more attention going into the main event match. Something like that. Braun Breaker says he just wants to make sure Champa's at 100% so that when he beats him, there's no excuses. Oldest line in the book. It's a, it's a curious thing. Um, if you are not watching, or I guess even if you are watching, there's other stuff that you could watch tonight. There's uh, CCW Live Wrestling. That's at 7 o'clock. There's the Essential Wrestling Podcast, of course, at 6 o'clock. NWA Power, 605. They have a lineup. Uh, according to PW Insider, the lineup is Billy Corgan's going to make an announcement. Tim Storm versus Tom Latimer. Jeremiah Plunkett versus Heartthrob Jaden. And Crimson will appear. On AEW Dark, former guest of this show, Tiffany Nieves, she will be on the show competing against Jamie Hader. So there you have it. Tough Jamie tough Hader. Her, Jamie Hader's going to be on the boat. There you go. Uh, Tiffany's fifth match ever on AEW Dark. All right. Well, no pressure. No, yep. And she faces Jamie Hader. So good luck. Good luck. I mean, I saw a match already. <laughs> good luck, Tiffany. So, all right, Travis, anything else? No, I guess not. I think I got to pack my bags, and the hardest part about it is picking my shirts for the week. Um, but it's nice to be able to, like, I've I've put my shorts off to the side, knowing that this was coming. But this week we've had like eighty degree weather here, so it's been absolutely gorgeous in upstate New York, and the leaves are still hesitantly trying to change, I guess. But overall, nope, I'm excited. I got my stuff packed. No suntan lotion, as I've been tanning for the last couple of weeks because i'm a prima donna that way and you know you've got to look pretty for the boat so there that's go. what we're gonna do all right well then uh i guess i will see you tomorrow and i'll see everybody else tomorrow uh on the show so until then Peace. we're out of here